We have a fellow here in Ocala, Florida, a fellow by name of uh, Joe Harding, who was um, a member of the United, of the Florida House of Representatives. 35 years of age, resigned because he was indicted by a federal grand jury on six counts uh, in connection with allegations, remember you're innocent until proven guilty, that he defrauded the federal government in uh, funds as a result of the pandemic-related small business payroll protection plan program. What do you think about that? I think that's a difficult one to get away with if that's what he's, uh, he's actually done. I find it comical that anybody would try and, uh, try and manipulate that system given that the government has both ends of the data on that one. <laughs> it's a little, little, little hard to trick the government that, against the data that they already have, but hey, you know, that's just me. There have been a lot of people out there who have been snagged by this, and there are reports that there will be a whole bunch more. Oh, yeah, tremendous number of people. I think I saw somewhere two, five billion, somewhere in there so far that they've been able to find has gone to people that shouldn't have gotten it. It's, you know, you expect that with programs that have dollar values of this size, especially with government programs. But um, again, this is a program that, is not exactly something that you could have very easily gotten away with, given that you have to base this off of prior year's uh, uh, filings for how many employees you have, and all these things have to be given to the government because, you know, when you employ people on a non-contract basis, you have to file reports with your state and the federal government for Social Security and for unemployment taxes and all these things. It's a little hard to get away with. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so much out there. The United States Attorney General's Office, um, Attorney's Office, not General, Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Georgia last year uh, in February of 2022. So we got a year ago. Okay. That's when they started really kicking in, I noticed. Uh, yeah, they charged 22 people stealing just under $4 million, but we've got basketball players in the NBA that stole oh, yeah. Massive amounts. Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. I mean, I remember people were criticizing certain people, uh, especially like I think the one that comes to mind is Tom Brady for doing the same thing, but he did it legitimately. Like the money was available. It didn't have any requisite, you know, it didn't have any prerequisites for, uh, you know, you have to lose money or anything. It just was that if you had employees and you wanted to and you planned on retaining them or wanted to retain them through this period, then you could get money. It was pretty simple. Yeah, I don't blame anybody for taking money that you needed it. I mean, they shut down the country. But my point is just that you know, if even people who didn't need it, right, if it's available and you qualify for it, it's, you know, I mean, some would subscribe to it's a bad bad business decision not to take free money. Well, absolutely. Going back to March 20th of 2021, so a year before that, gosh, it's already been, well, they've been prosecuting right. Yeah, the Department of Justice uh, charged just under 500 people with stealing $570 million. You you start to lose faith in government. Eh, I mean, at least they're actually following through, you know? I guess that's the thing that's kind of kind of difficult in, in prior situations they probably would have just brushed under the rug and moved on uh, do you remember the guy who who they they got pretty quickly like within three or four months because he was out buying lamborghinis and stuff 
You're not exactly a rocket <laughs> science a scientist there, is he? No, not at all. Then, of course, we have uh, Evan Edwards and his son Joshua. That's a good Christian name, Joshua. And the ALSA International Ministry, they got nailed for stealing $8.4 million. Ugh. Yeah, that's a little much. Yeah, you know, they bought, they built a multi-million dollar home near Walt Disney World with the money. And um, yeah, it just, sometimes you just want to scream at this stuff, but it is what it is. So old Joe, uh, Mr., uh, I remember he kind of touted himself as uh, Mr. Christian, you know, a good family man. It seems to be in this county, that's, uh, there's two things that are going on. One how much you can wrap yourself with the biggest cross around your neck. And the second thing is to um, how close you, how many times and how loud you can say, I'm going to support Ron DeSantis in the legislature. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the, that's the MO at least these days. We have people down in Tampa who are on the city council and it is interesting down there that, you have some very interesting similarities. I spent a lot of time in Tampa. And one of the things that I'm impressed with is that the mayor, which is Jane Castor, and I used to work with Jane. She came on back in 1984. And I have enjoyed watching her rise through the ranks all the way to the chief of police. And then she ran for mayor. And I think she's done a fantastic job. There's been a couple of things that went sideways with uh, picks of uh, chief of police, for example. Uh, but, you know, things happen. Personal in politics. Number one place you'll get in trouble is a politician. Yeah. But there's very few people that will say she's doing anything other than a stellar job. She has token competition. Uh, she's going to win re-election in a landslide. But some of her people that uh, are on the city council, uh, who are her biggest attractors, have garnered some very interesting opponents. For example, the family uh, Caspers that uh, owned the McDonald's franchise chain. Yes. Big operation here in Florida. Well, they sold it, and uh, the gentleman is running for city council against a, another fella who uh, owns a hair salon, okay. is a little bit behind in what uh, taxes or something like that. Uh, he's got his, uh, he's got a garnishment against him on uh, his city council pay. Not good. Not good. And But uh, the Casper family is well-known for running businesses. I mean, they, they know their business. Well, to run, to run the, what, the state's largest McDonald's franchise, yeah, I'd say so. I would say so. You know, sometimes even if you don't like somebody's politics, you have to sit back and go, this dude knows how to run a business. For sure, yeah. And when you have a state legislature, to me, you would, I, I, I want people in there who are actually going to contribute to the good of the, not just the community, but also the state. Yeah, I agree. You know, the state of Florida is kind of like a lot of states in, in the South where we're a business state. There's people move to Florida because it's business friendly, because the legislature and the state government understand how to properly shape regulation or remove it if it's not necessary to create a more advantageous business environment for Floridians. And obviously that's worked. I mean, you look at uh, DeSantis and you look at all of the uh, 
policies of the past few governors combined with DeSantis and, and what, how he handled uh, COVID policies, whether the, whether the pre- previous president likes it or not, uh, he handled it pretty well. And, you know, we're getting a lot of, uh, let's call it business transplants uh, into the state, people that do serious stuff. And that's good. Unfortunately, that seems like it's a little heavy on logistics and not as much real stuff being done as you were alluding to, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's created a good business environment. I think more people that can influence things on the basis of actual real world business experience, especially on a smaller level where most normal people are going to be at, where the majority of businesses are. Uh, I think that's, that's more important than anything. What's interesting about uh, Tampa and Hillsborough County is, uh, they have turned down there to be very democratic, and it's, oh, yeah, that's all there is to it. But the uh, Republicans that ran this last time, uh, the coattails of DeSantis were really, really, really strong. They, they were statewide. I mean, what down in uh, even the Miami-Dade area, they even picked up a couple seats, which is unheard of. Well, you also have the mayor of Miami is Republican, and he's talking about running for president. I don't know anything about him. So if I don't know about him, then he needs to raise his profile a little bit. But <laughs> that's interesting. Well, he, is. yeah, his father was uh, was mayor down there. And uh, and he uh, is the first, I think, Cuban-American uh, born here to be mayor. Okay. All the other prior mayors were, you know, refugees or, you know, born in Cuba. But I, I mention this because one of the things I've noticed is that Regardless of whether you're Republican or Democrat, Independent, Martian, or from Pluto, um, it is nice to see that some people are willing to step up and take the uh, ridiculous heat that uh, lame stream journalists heap on you um, for just being in business. You can't be in business without you know causing a few waves here and there. Usually, yeah. Very few people uh, escape the escape the eye of the media when it comes to business dealings, you know, you, and especially when it comes to construction, you know, it's, it's very difficult to get anything done that doesn't involve somebody screaming about and, and calling the lawyers in. So. Well, one of the things I uh, am not naming names, but there were a couple of people down in Tampa uh, where they would become, let's say a city council person. And then they would wind up becoming a, um, mayor and then they might wind up becoming a head of the elections bureau and they just it's just one revolving door after another i don't like that a whole lot no i don't think anybody should it's just kind of gross yeah i mean there's there's literally 330 plus million people i don't know what the population is now you'd think somebody if you're a true citizen legislator that you would step aside uh you would hope so but unfortunately uh, successful politicians very rarely put their ego aside. Instead, what they do is they double down on it, and they, that's their career. So we're bringing this up without using any names today. I'm using some names down in Tampa because, uh, again, I go back and forth here. But we're going to focus primarily in the Ocala area. And for those of you who live in District 24, we're going to put a map up on paultruesdale.com. You can take a look at the map uh, we'll put some links to the map on our, this is, this is the Paul Truesdale podcast, Two Pauls in a Pod. I'm Paul Truesdale. Joining me is none other than Paul Truesdale. Yeah. Father and son. And uh, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago that we needed to do this because 
our fear is that a lot of retirees who will probably make up the overwhelming majority of the voters in this special election. Oh, definitely. Based on the map, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and we hope that if you're listening to this, you'll tell family, friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers in the area to listen to this because we're going to talk about some things that are not going to be politically correct. Of course, I've never been politically correct in my entire life, and I don't care about that because I think somebody has to, uh, somebody has to talk about it. So we've got people out there who are running for this legislative seat, which are, I don't know, man, I don't know how to describe some of these people. They're just town crybabies. Yeah, that works. Town criers? Sure. They get up on a soapbox with their um, their crayons and their coloring books, and they just recite the same thing that everybody else cites. I- I'm sorry, I just, I don't like it. One of the things we do is we have a candidate who is basically his his business and uh, is multi-level marketing. Yeah, that's not exactly my um, cup of tea. So I guess let's talk about that. What just off the cuff, because and one of the things you should know if you're listening to this, we never rehearse this. We talk about what we're going to talk about, and then we each just kind of spitball it when we get in because it's just a conversation. When I say multi-level marketing, <laughs> you're uh, barely in your 20s. Uh, pretty soon you're going to be up there. Um, what, is that, what does that conjure up for you? I mean, you've been around me for your entire life, but uh, what, what, what does that conjure up? Um, let's see. First off the top of my head, in mo- the modern context, obviously we have a historical context of this in America that is nothing short of gross. Um, but in the modern context, you think of, uh, let's see, uh, the kind of people that hang out with the, the internet crypto bros uh, who, I don't know, let's say they, they're fake gurus basically and they're going to, oh man, I'm going to make you rich type people. Just, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't have any. Uh, let's say uh, polite words to say, but it's it's you know, it's a recruiting business. <laughs> it's it's nothing short of a recruiting business, and typically, what most of these organizations are selling stuff that is really nothing special. It's no different than anything else that you can conjure up from Amazon or Walmart. It's a uh, it's a, it's just a sales scheme. Well, that's the thing. It's not just you're not selling the product or the service. The whole idea is to sell the company to get more people down the line. Yeah, you're, the only people you're a recruiter. Make, yeah, the only people that make money in these things are the recruiters. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that that's, uh, that's a thing that still has any kind of uh, popularity because it's one of the, I guess, lowest tier forms of, uh, I don't know, just recruiting in general no matter what business you're in, whether you're, uh, I mean, everybody out there that, especially in, in the business world, will have interacted with one of these uh, schmucks who is trying to recruit you to sell insurance. Um, multi-level marketing is effectively the same thing. The only difference is, is insurance, you have one place to go. Um, it's a chair and burn kind of business. You know, you've talked about that forever. Oh, yeah. You know, an A.L. Williams, uh, A.L. Williams, Arthur L. Williams was a football coach in, in uh, Georgia. And uh, one thing led to another. He became an insurance agent with uh, Milco, uh, the Massachusetts Indemnity and Life Insurance Company. And the guy was very charismatic, uh, a very interesting uh, topic because he has a strong connection to uh, Tampa, which I'll tell about in just a second. 
But uh, Art Williams basically ran out and told everybody, buy term and invest a difference. He was one of the proponents of being a termite. Uh, and I think he committed a tremendous fraud and should have been prosecuted because all life insurance, no matter whether it's whole life, universal life, adjustable life, uh, it's all the same thing. It's term insurance. The older you oh, are, yeah. yep. uh, the exponential curve of, uh, of costs. Anyhow, Art did a real good job of uh, recruiting people and getting people to, re to and he put a, a really neat multi-level marketing together. Uh, his problem was he started telling people that, you know, this is the lowest cost insurance out there. His people did some weird things. And again, it was all about recruiting. And then, of course, they used uh, the, some high cost mutual funds. And, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, you know how I feel about that stuff. Yeah. Well, and the reality is, is that's the same kind of strategy that, um, that insurance picked up. Unfortunately, and at least certain kinds of uh, insurance companies did, um, because it works. It it captures, you know, the uh, this. It's just it's it has a little bit of a, a glamour and a little bit of sheen because people see the money. Yeah. So and yesterday, that's, and that's how they sell them. You know, it's all it's it's the it's the big house, it's the fast car. It's oh look at all my success, blah blah blah. And you know that's that's the reality is they, you know, they think they're going to make a million bucks doing this, and you know, very few of them actually do. Um, then obviously, uh, car sales is very similar to that. Of course, yep. it's, you know, huge churn and, you know, sell your friends and family on the Nissan and then you're on to the next dealership. <laughs> and, True. uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, very few people are actual real career car salespeople. And, uh, I think there's probably very few more irritating things in the world than going, uh, onto a car lot to look at one or two vehicles and the sales guy that has, now decided to attach himself to you knows absolutely nothing about it and he's reading the uh the sticker on the car yeah how many and you, times and you know more than he does about it yeah how many times does that happen to us every time every time except for maybe one time maybe one time we had somebody that was halfway decent but the point is is that is that you know that's the quality of person they're getting is you know uh, it's unfortunate um you know that guy won't be there for in the next six months so anyway the point is, is just that you know, in general, it's uh, it doesn't attract the highest quality of people. Um, it tends to attract uh, people that can't see beyond tomorrow, let's just say. I won't say what kind of vehicle I drive now, but as you know, we got rid of all of our Mercedes because I got fed up with the uh, the quality of Mercedes and, uh, and other issues. They just, it just, I've had bad well, luck. Well, the dealership in Gainesville sucks. Yeah, the dealership uh, in Gainesville sucks. I will no shout doubt out it. from the sky. Um, what is it? Courtesy in Tampa is very good. Yeah, if, if you're going to have your vehicle up here be a Mercedes, it really doesn't make a lot of sense to have to drive it 90 minutes to go get it serviced. Yeah, I wound up driving down to Tampa from Ocala to get my vehicle serviced because the service experience and the quality there was second to none. Uh, Mercedes, the S-Class Mercedes, has a windshield issue. If you crack it, it's going to run, and they can't get windshields. It's just... Well, at least yours did. Yeah, I was able to get it, but... Uh, but it happened so damn often, it got to be ridiculous. And um, yeah, but the, the the most recent vehicle I drive, uh, the when we picked it up, I literally bought it in the morning and the next day, and we went back down. I mean, I, I bought it in the morning. I said, you got two hours to get it ready. I'm done. And they did it. Yeah. And then you and I went back down, and they did the walkthrough. I thought that was very, very impressive. Yeah, it was good. We didn't get that with Mercedes. Uh, not really. Not really. No. 
I knew more about the Mercedes than the guy that sold it. Bought two in one t- two in one day. Not a lot of people buy two S class Mercedes in one day, but it was like no. But all they dude, wanted, all they wanted was the check to clear, and they were ready to move on to the next person. That's yeah. uh, unfortunately the business that they're in. They uh, they don't care. And that's the thing with this multi level marketing. Uh, Art did did fine. Uh, never, as far as I know, never did anything illegal. But he wound up owning the. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning. A lot of people don't know that. And yeah, uh, forgot about that. Yeah, very famous hockey player Phil Esposito. His statue was out front there. Phil was involved in all that. It just, uh, it's an interesting story how this guy who's been a nemesis to me because I I, it, I have worked occasionally with uh, what I would call normal everyday working people, and you'd get these these. You know, yesterday I couldn't spell insurance. Today I am an agent. Uh, I, I'm cleaning homes. I'm my husband is working on cars as a mechanic and, and we're going to be your financial planner oh, yeah. on weekend. I just, I found that so appalling. Well, I think one of the, the most comical market America, uh, well, I just, I just let it out there. It, um, multi-level marketing schemes is market America. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just put my foot in my mouth there. No, but it is, that is one of the best ones out there. You and I dug into it for various reasons. We did. The guy who found and, it died. And uh, he did. Yes. Well, he, he what did, well, the last thing I remember is. Yep, and dropped it, I think, on his uh, massive billion dollar yacht. Yep. Well, the thing I remember is that his giant yacht, like, crashed into something. Like <laughs> yeah. an oil tanker or something yeah. like that. It was yeah. just very funny. Um, but the thing is, like, the guy is one of these just grotesque, you know, uh, grotesque, super rich guys who his entire shtick is. Oh yeah, come come sell enough and recruit enough people, and I'll invite you to you know come take a vacation on my yacht, and they do these big get-togethers, and you know it's just it's literally his, the entire thing looks like something out of uh, you know like the multi-level marketing scams from uh, from the 1990s, you know like the the mid 1990s. Oh, it's just terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I, in my head, the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, we've all seen the ads, especially if you're if you're older, but. Uh, for for anybody younger that's listening to this, I uh, can't help but think of the movie Pain and Gain, where you have uh, you got you got you got to describe that who's involved in it. Yeah, the movie is Pain the, the and movie, Gain. Yeah, the movie is Pain and Gain. Be a doer, don't a donter. Yeah, um, it, it, it's a movie based on a real story, but of course but the, it is. But the point is, is they they have a uh, very let's call it an extravagant uh, multi level marketing recruiter who shows up with his booth babes and he's screaming at the crowd. Uh, I, I can't remember the guy. He, he was in um, the, uh, what's his name? The thing is, he's the guy, he's an Asian guy. He's actually a doctor in real life. And he's, uh, he was on that TV show community. Um, I, I don't know what his name is. Anyways, he, he's the multi-level marketing guru and he's, uh, he's shouting at people, you know, are you a doer or are you a donter? <laughs> And that, that's just, that's what comes to mind. So to wrap all the way back to your question, what comes to mind when you think of uh, multi-level marketing? I think of that guy shouting, are you a doer or are you a donter? <laughs> According to uh, industry, uh, the reason why we're talking about this is one of the candidates for this house district in, in Marion County is a, basically that's what he does. He's, he's an MLM marketer. Politics takes all kinds, doesn't it? God, I, He's got hootspa to do this. I got to tell you, if I think you I mentioned this to you the other day, it just doesn't seem to me if you are um, the brightest bulb in the box, <laughs> if you have a, uh, it's not shady because it's not it's not not technically a shady business. It's just if you have a let's call it a 
less appealing business background, right? Right. To, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to run in a special election. Yeah, the thresholds are going to be lower for votes and all this stuff. The problem is you're you're going to be, you know, trying to get votes from people that are actual serious voters that have, uh, you know, they actually pay attention to the thing. And then the other issue is the media has nothing else to report on. I mean, what else is going on in Marion County other than Billy Woods uh, was shooting turkeys too close or something like that? I I like Billy. You know, just like local, you know, dumb politics stuff. There's really nothing special going on. What's, what is everybody talking about? The special election. Because the media doesn't have anything else to talk about. So if you have a, a, any skeletons in your closet, like they're going to find them because they're bored. Yeah, and fortunately, we used to have a newspaper here called the uh, Ocala, what's it called? Uh, Star Banner. Yes. Yeah. The Star and Banner. Star Blunder. Rest, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. They're dead. And we have a, a group of people who have created something called the Ocala Gazette. So if you go to ocalagazette.com, we are not associated, affiliated. I don't know these people. Maybe I've met some of them, but I do. I will say they've done some pretty interesting investigative reports. That that is, they're they are definitely developing a reputation of being uh, the ire of basically every elected politician locally. So thank God, congratulations on that. So my concern is, um, you know, we can go on for hours about multi-level marketing. I mean, a lot of people, like one out of thirteen Americans, have been involved in it in some way, shape, form, or not. Yeah. I'm going to go back. I've got some stats pulled up, but uh, MLM companies say 25% of their per, of the people involved turn a profit. That makes sense. But, I mean, we, we've we talked to, you, you've talked to more than me, but yeah, I mean, we've all talked to people in that business, and if they tell you anything about what they make or whatever, yeah, that, that, that lines up roughly. Yeah, but the Federal Trade Commission did a big study, oh, and no, they found... Worse. I know it's worse. <laughs> How much worse do you think it I, is? Come I'm on. 10. I'm probably being optimistic with 10. but 10. You're really optimistic with 10. Five. You're, you're optimistic with 5. No. Yeah, 99% of multi-level marketers, according to the Federal Trade Commission, uh, they, they lose money. Uh, wow. AARP did their survey. We know how accurate AARP is. Um, they say 25%, uh, but... Uh, I got to tell you, I well, know the FTC actually does dig in because they yep. have the ability to actually shut you down and put you out of business. And uh, yeah, that that that's pretty bad. So let's see here. Of the ones that are making money, the one percent making money, uh, about three uh, percent make between five and ten thousand dollars a year. Uh, another three, another three percent of that make between uh, ten and twenty-five thousand dollars a year. And half a percent make over. It just, there's no money in this stuff. It's just, uh, God bless you. But that's another thing, you know, God bless you. Why is it in Marion County and in some of the states, of, why is it you have to wrap yourself in, you know, the cross, Jesus, my Lord and Savior, you know, drink the Kool-Aid, when we've got some real serious issues here. We've got a fentanyl problem. We've got drug overdoses. Oh, yeah. We've there's got a, there's not a shortage of problems to focus on for sure. But you know, if you run a boilerplate campaign and you don't manage to get anything done, or you vote against the politics of, uh, or you vote against the things that you ran for, then you've got a clean slate. So you know, clean slate, clean slate politicians are uh, interesting. Let's just yeah. Say. So. 
I guess the problem I have is I want you to ask yourself a question. Do you really want to put someone into the state legislature who, you know, claims to be all pro-family, pro-faith? I don't know what pro-faith means. Uh, Pro-free speech, pro-free enterprise. (laughs) What does any of that mean? We all know Florida's anti all of those. (laughs) So really running against the grain there. Yeah, Florida's anti-family, anti-faith. It's the, well, we live well. The, the state of Florida is also known as the Soviet Union. In case mm-hmm. you didn't know, where, where government require government requires everybody to be an atheist. Yeah, yeah. He's um, be, he's also pro Second Amendment, even though we got a governor and a legislature that's going to pass constitutional carry. We hope. Yeah, but still, Florida owns probably. I I would venture to guess. I mean, I'm just pulling numbers straight out of the out of the dirt right now. But if I were to guess, Floridians probably own. A fifth of all the guns in the country. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I'm, okay, so on that on that note, I have to. I have to. Florida is so anti-gun that you have state. I have, I think it was a sheriff. Or I I don't know. I, I briefly read the article. Uh, the headline: uh, Some state or or county officials are were warning Floridians to not shoot at the blimp or the balloon <laughs> because <laughs> the Canadian thing. I mean the uh, Chinese, Chinese thing. Yes. Yep, to not oh. shoot at the balloon. But the best part is the former president's son, who we all know is a genius. <laughs> he's right up there with... Um, uh, yeah, we're I, making a lot of friends today. He, he said to Mon, uh, uh, residents of Montana to shoot at it. No. Yes. So this guy's a... a, a this, see, here's the thing. This, this is, the reason I brought this up is because he's a classic example of what you're talking about. He's he's a he's a he's a wannabe politician, but he's faking his Second Amendment support because if he was real, he would know that there is no privately owned firearm that can shoot seventy or to seventy thousand feet. I'm there just doesn't exist. I'm sorry. Billy Bob Thornton might be able to do it with his rocket. That was a movie. That was a movie. And it would have to be a good one. Yeah. It would have to be a good one because I'm sorry. I don't know of any Americans that have that own surface air missile air defense systems. Elon might. It would be cool. (laughs) Not going to say it wouldn't be cool in Florida. He actually says a shoot to the thing. This this is just sad. And, 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 you know, Florida man would probably be up there on the list (laughs) of the first people to buy a legal surface air missile system. I'm not going to. I'm dying. I'm there with him. I'm just dying here. But so anyway, yes, yes. But Florida, yes. We're running against the grain. Anyway. So we're going we're gonna to run for Second Amendment, pro-life, uh, parental rights, uh, tax reform, and, and more aggressive U.S. border control. I don't I, have a border. You're not running for, for Congress. You're running for State House. Yeah, you're running for State House. And what about traffic issues? What about, what about Medicare? Uh, what about yeah, what health do, what insurance? Do, what do people care when you... This also is funny. You see this in a lot of places where they run on like national issues when you're running for dog catcher. And it's like, bro. Well, do you remember I gave that speech on Highway 200 at yes. Queen of Peace? And I, I gave a speech and a person asked me what my views were on um, abortion. Yeah. It's like, like, what does what? that have to do? With it had anything? nothing to do with anything. Yeah, but one day you might be president. We need to know. Yeah, okay. Okay. We'll visit that when we get to it. Um, yeah, well, so the thing is, like, you know, you have to talk to the issues that are important. And running a nationwide-style election talking points just don't make a lot of sense, at least in my view. Um, yeah, state house, what are we focused on? We're focused on 
uh, well, Florida is a retirement uh, uh, destination, let's call it. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots and lots of retirees, especially in his district or in the district. So Medicare issues are going to reign supreme, right? Absolutely. Uh, and then all your other issues. You mentioned it before, fentanyl and, and drug issues. That's a huge one. And Florida is a massive pipeline for this stuff. Always has been since, has been for years. Um, the reality is, is Florida has a lot of very easy choke points. And for some reason, everybody just seems to be perfectly supplies, supplied with uh, their illegal drug of choice. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there are, there's more uh, cocaine consumption today than there was when you were a cop. Really? Yeah. Just nobody talks about More it. cocaine today than the 70s and the 80s. Yes, absolutely. I got news for you. Back, uh, back in the day, I can say that now. Back in the yes, day. back in the day. You know, I was, I was giving a talk the other day, son. I was going to talk to some guys, and um, I mentioned that I used to carry a Model 10. <laughs> they didn't know what a Model 10 was. Oh, come on. They were cops. I said, no. Well, then they're, then they're, they're not very pro uh, 2A. And then I... Who doesn't know a classic Model 10? And, and I, I told them the years I worked, and they went, oh, my God, those are the years where it was really bad down here. And there were a couple of civilians, people had never been in the business. And it was interesting. They said, yeah, my, they were younger, obviously, but younger yeah, than me. Yeah. And they said, yeah, my parents said never go down to Tampa. You get robbed, you get murdered, you get killed. It was like, it was... Of course, that really wasn't the reality. No, it wasn't You just that had bad. certain communities that had a lot of, certain, a lot of problems yeah. related to drugs. Yeah, you just got to be careful of getting off the interstate at certain... Yep. Yes. And in that case, and that's definitely a case of some things never really change. No, it hasn't, doesn't really change. But it was funny that, uh, I hate to say this, but I was, I'm not a young man anymore. I was taller and bigger chest, barrel chested than all the other guys there. They were little guys. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's an unfortunate situation you have going on. Most of these cops are little guys and that's why they get into the trouble they get into. Yeah, what, when they get into fights where there's, you know, eight of them on top of somebody and they still can't control them. One, they're not trained very well, and two, they're tiny. You don't have, uh, you know, Mr. Kuklinski walking up and picking you up by your neck and throwing you into the back of the cruiser. <laughs> you know, no. Mr. Second Generation Pol- uh, Polak from yeah. very far north Wisconsin. Oh, no. Listen, up north when I was a cop in Milwaukee, and we had, the, you know, the big Germans, the big Polish. You know, I'm, I'm 6'2", weigh 230 pounds, and I was, my nickname was Runt. <laughs> Smallest guy in the precinct. But uh, the guys were saying it was kind of funny. They said, well, I said, yeah, I hate you guys because, you know, you got all this equipment that we never had. And one guy said, well, you had the same stuff. I said, no. I said, you got all these vests and everything, and you got all the, you know, the tasers. And I said, well, you had vests. Nope, we didn't have a vest. Never, never wore them damn things. So, and I mean, one, and the put ones, a phone book on your chest for all practical purposes. Well, then. the ones they did issue were terrible compared to the ones well, they have now. I mean, yeah. now you get a... Uh, I don't know, I might have the nomenclature wrong, but I think it's a 2A vest uh, stops uh, to basically handgun rounds. And it's real, It's very light. It's not heavy and bulky like they used to be. It's, you know, you have no problem wearing it all day. And going back to our, our, our candidates here, we have one candidate. We have a lot of nepotism here in, in uh, Marion County, just like everywhere else. Shocker. Shocker. Welcome to politics. Yeah. Welcome to politics. We have one guy who describes himself as a strong conservative, uh, Second Amendment, opposes abortion, passionate about mental health um, because he's a recovering addict. And okay. uh, he wants more mental health awareness in uh, your jails because there's so much pressure 
on jails on uh, on drug issues. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's something. You know, when John F. Kennedy ran for president, my parents used to talk about how how it was so strange to have a president in the United States who was Catholic. And the argument was back then, he's going to be beholding to the, the Pope. Oh, yeah. The Pope was controlling the levers of power. Yeah. <laughs> it, and all their friends were talking about that. And I remember my dad going, oh, for God's sakes, what the hell's the matter with these damn people? My mother said, oh, Grant, they're just neighbors. Ignore them. <laughs> so I guess the thing is, you know, we've, we've got a guy. Well, at uh, least that's an issue yeah. that's some, somewhat relevant to the situation, right? I mean, right. I don't know that it's really gets to the heart of the problem, but it's something. Um, okay. So we've, we've got a, a, a fellow who is one of our constitutional officers, uh, and uh, George is a nice guy, uh, and uh, he's got family member wanting to uh, run for, uh, I don't know, I, I just find a problem when, you know, you got brothers, husbands, wives, you know, it's just, it's just one generation. Uh, what, what was it, those people in, uh, in Louisiana that uh, uh, the family... Oh, gosh, let me think here. Huey Long. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. It, I mean, uh, or uh, when uh, Truman was appointed vice president under Roosevelt. Did you know that Roosevelt had a different vice president every time he ran? Yes. So if Uncle Joe, Joe, if you're listening to this, uh, you can name somebody other than uh, Camilla. You can put your wife in as vice president. I can, I'll handle, I can handle her better than Camilla. I think, I think most people would. Yeah. So... It just seems to me that, you know, some people are just simply sit back and say, do we really want another family member? You know, you've been a state, you've been in the county commission, then you're in the state house, then you go to the Senate, you're term limited out, you're coming back, you got your wife in government. And, you know, it's just like, really? It's like we used to have a, uh, uh, the head of the, uh, uh, we used to be called Central Florida Community College. We used to have, and, uh, I think his name was Chick DeSantis, and his uh, right-hand person was uh, the wife to uh, Congressman, what was that uh, ding-dong's name? Oh, uh, Stearns. Yeah, uh, Howard Stern. Wasn't his name Howard Stern? (laughs) Good one, yeah. So we had Cliff Stern, and of course, you know, if you go to the campus, he's got a big building with his name on it. Of course. Of course, there's, that's just, yeah. Well, he lobbied for good good funds increases. Yeah, bring the money home. I don't know. I just think, I think that, oh, we've got another guy running who. Well, I guess the thing is like for your, for your local politicians that just continue to do the local politician thing, there is some value to it. But the problem is, is, you know, when's enough? Uh, you know, some of these people I've heard about my entire life and it's just like, okay, I, what value are you bringing to the community? Or is this just yet another self-serving political position? I, you know, that's usually it. I mean, I understand on the higher political levels, especially some of these things, uh, you know, House and Senate, uh, federal, of course, where, you know, it, you, you're you in there for, you know, like you're a state senator, you're in there for, you know, what, uh, 12, uh, you know, 12, 18 years. You know? So it takes some time to get used to the the politics of the situation and how it all works and all these things. But come on, I mean, what, a state house position? <laughs> like, really, is this, for some of these people, is this the best you can do? State house position? Like, I've heard, <laughs> you've just been moving from one little, one thing to the other, to the other, to the other my entire life. It's like, 
Really? Okay, maybe you should do something else that's a little more productive. Has anybody told them what the pay is for a state house rep? It's not, not very not good. Not much. Not it's much not very at all. Good. There's not a huge incentive there. So, of course, I don't know. And then the state of Florida has very heavy, uh, let's call it anti-lobbying uh, rules and right. stuff for former House members and all this stuff. So, you know, it, it's not it's not as lucrative as some people uh, some people want to make it out to be. So it's really a, especially, especially a state house position is definitely something that is at least I think architected to bring a lot of people in with a lot of different ideas and churn it and burn it because, you know, especially if you're from further South going all the way to, <laughs> to Tallahassee for first session. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah, I mean, um, even going back in 2018, the Speaker of the House and uh, the President of the Senate were making a whopping $25,000. A state senator and a House rep making $18,000. This is this is back in 2018. It's gone up, but it doesn't. It was it gone up like 20 bucks? <laughs> chicken. It's chicken feed. Make that make that every week. Um, it, well, especially for people that are supposedly very serious business people who are doing stuff. Um, it's going to be their labor of love because they actually care about their communities or uh, there's something else in it for them. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's a place to start for some people for sure. Really, really teach you what the, uh, what, what the political game is really like. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, so the base salary now is 29697 and they That's get a, uh, a per diem. Yeah, big increase. But I think, you know, my, it's like anything else. You know, if you want something done, you find the guy who or gal who is the busiest in the room and let them uh, do it. And they'll find a way to do it. And as far as I can see, there's one person running for office. We have uh, a fellow who is a medical practitioner. And um, doctors are a rare breed in government. Yeah, very rare. And I got to tell you, somebody who's been practicing 30, 40, 50 years, um, uh, there's a fellow that is the head of the Florida, I think it's the Florida Medical Association, um, Doug Murphy. He's in Ocala. Oh, he's head of the... He's head of it now, yeah. None of that. Nice guy. Yep. Uh, I think the absolute world of him. Um, we owe him a lot for a lot of different reasons, which we're not going to talk about. He's a great man. But, you know, there's I think right now there's, what, one or one or two doctors in the state legislature. That's it. Wow. So in preparation for this, I was looking at a, uh, a guy who's a practicing GP in um, either Idaho or Montana. I don't have the, the, it up here. He's the only guy in the legislature, only man or woman who is a doctor. Okay. He is nonstop busy answering questions. Yeah, that makes sense. From everybody else there. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a, a huge part of what the state does or the state legislature does is you know, a lot of a lot of what they do is help administer Medicare. You know, how they craft what the state provides and, and where the, f the funding and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, like like you mentioned, I mean, uh, the district is largely retiree, right? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the primary concerns of retirees is Medicare and the medical situation in the state. So yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, one of the things I would like to see is a doctor who could go to the legislature and begin asking questions and, and talking to people about, for example, Medicare supplement insurance. You know, we've been doing this business a long, long time, and I've had people come in who 
they were screaming and hollering, they can't get this procedure or that procedure done. Well, you gave up your good plan for one of these Medicare PPO plans and you, well, that saved me X number of dollars. Well, now you're screwed. Yeah. Yep. There's, it's a complex system and uh, you know, it's, it's one of these things, you know, if you don't talk to people are not in it, you don't realize how much the average person just doesn't know how complex it is. We experience that in our businesses. Yep. Whether it's, whether it's a uh, finance or technology or really any, any business vertical that we get involved in, you know, after a few, after a little bit, you realize that you, you forget to realize how little other people know about things uh, and how complicated some of these things can be in healthcare. I think it's what a fifth of the entire GDP is a huge sector and to not have any doctors or have very few doctors represented in the legislature is kind of a shame, honestly. And don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, people that do uh, acupuncture, acupuncture, whatever you call it, uh, chiropractors. I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not being de- the meaning of it, but you're not a medical doctor. No. And in this case, uh, the fellow that's running, uh, again, we're not using names because I want people to figure out for themselves. The guy that's running uh, runs a, a pain clinic, uh, a pain treatment center. So, uh, And I know for a fact that he has treated other physicians. You know, it's like dentists that have neck problems and everything else. Uh, uh, ladies that cut hair, you know, they you wear out. And um, But the point is, do you think he would be an asset in Tallahassee? Hell yes. Well, if... He's run it for a long time. He's been in that business and that specific, let's call it medical vertical for a long time. And, uh, you know, I guess I would say that the reality is, is that is a, a vertical in medical in the medical industry that is, I guess it's fraught with a lot of risk and issues, right? Yep. Especially considering all of the abuse that's gone on over the years and, uh, someone who has been able to navigate that properly, I think could very much add a lot of value to how we deal with uh, the legal to illegal drug problem that we have in this country, right? Because a lot of people, oh, I've got a back problem. They get a couple couple things, doctor stops prescribing stuff, and then they, they go to the illegal stuff. That is, that is the number one way, like normal people who aren't uh, some other type of addict that, that falls into it get addicted to you know, some serious stuff. So properly managing pain and, and being able to give people the tools for that, I think having that kind of expertise, I think makes a lot of sense. I guess the people on Highway 200 that are going to be voting this thing, ask yourself a question. Do you want somebody who is known for being a barbecue sauce maker, a career <laughs> politician, a multi-level marketer who supposedly wrote some books that nobody bought, but he says he did? Or do you want a, a doctor who is at your age level uh, who... You know, how many of you go to the doctor every week for this, that, or something else? You got your cardiologist, your podiatrist, you got your, I don't know, it, right? Well, especially when you have something going on, that is definitely the case. You're, you're in and out maybe multiple times a week. Florida Society of Interventional Pain Physician Board Member, American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians, uh, member of the North American Oh, I can't pronounce this. Neuromodulation society, whatever this is. It's it's a term I'm not going to be able to pronounce. I'm always terrible at this stuff. Board certified anesthesiologist and diplomat, American Society of Pain Management, a member of the Florida AMA. Here's the thing. I mean, I went to school. I got degrees, but I'm not a medical doctor. 
I've been hurt. I've been injured. And I've hurt people. I'm not a medical doctor. We've had to deal with health insurance. We've had to deal with cognitive impairment, Alzheimer's, dementia for years and years and years. But I'm not a medical doctor. I, I just think when it, when, when it hits the fan, you know, you want to deal with somebody who knows what they're doing. And that's an issue that we, it, it's a multifaceted issue. I would like to have a guy that represents my area that knows what they're doing. And I'm going to be voting. Just so you know, I'm going to be voting. I'm exercise, we are exercising our First Amendment constitutional right. Yeah, but I, I, the, the biggest takeaway to me is, you know, you mentioned the drug issues and that sort of stuff, and it's a multifaceted problem. And it seems to me, just uh, from my my little periscope view, that that seems like that would be at least a little bit of an asset to the people actually making decisions on policy on how to handle this, you know, because people who have done that business in other in, in other states where the state didn't legislate it properly, there's been a lot of a lot of abuse, right? A lot. And obviously the state of Florida had that problem about 20 years ago. A lot of people abusing certain things. And uh, obviously Rush Limbaugh had that issue himself. Uh, of course, he has, he has uh, been released from this mortal coil. But yeah, so there's a, it's, it's, it's still a problem. It's still a significant problem. Uh, it's getting worse, actually. And yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the value I see um, beyond just how the whole medical system works, which... Uh, most people don't understand how horrible it is. <laughs> the American medical system is, in one word, atrocious, terribly complicated, fraught with all kinds of risk and, and issues, and somebody that actually knows how to, how to navigate that and has been in business on, on the other end of it, I think is also something that could be very valuable too, from a business perspective. Because you know we've all talked to different doctors about how many how many uh, support staff they have to have to be able to process things. I think, uh, you know, a lot of this is federal regulation, but Florida being one of the largest, uh, what the third most populous state has a lot of influence on these sorts of things and that there, there could be potentially things there too. So, you know, one of the things I like about uh, this doctor who's running is he graduated from uh, Marshall university school of medicine in Huntington, West Virginia. And the reason why I like that, it's kind and of a, been there. Yeah, yes. we've been there. Yeah, I was there. You were there summer. six months ago? Yeah, yeah, last summer. And uh, so Marshall is uh, the school that on uh, November 14, 1970, Southern Airways Flight 932 crashed and basically killed the entire football team. Yes. And there's a movie with, what's that name? Matthew McConaughey, I think yep. it is. We are, we are Marshall. Yep. Great story. If you don't get a little choked up on that, you're not human. Now, the thing about that is, why did I bring that up? Uh, you go to medical school there, you go to school there, you are going to be aware of that event. That had a profound impact. That should have happened a few years before uh, this candidate uh, went there. Um, but that's going to have a profound effect where today you're here, tomorrow you're not. And that was a lot of people in that city and that uh, school oh. that got wiped out. Yeah, it had a huge impact on the school. I mean, it's still visible. And... My point being is that I want somebody that has had those kind of emotional impacts because they have compassion for the pain and suffering of people. And I really mean that. I think that those are the little things in life. If you're voting for somebody, you're making a determination, do you understand my pain? And this guy, he should. Yeah, I would hope so since, he's, since uh, that's his business, I would hope so. 
So let's see here. Let's kind of recap. We've got uh, a couple of interesting people who are running for, uh, oh, wait a minute. We didn't talk about the one thing. Foxy Foxy. Oh, boy. I was going to say we're missing one. So do you want to explain what happens um, in the state when a political party, let's say in this case, we have all Republicans running, Democrats aren't running anybody, and and how it works if nobody runs, how everybody ru- runs versus how they close it? You want to cover that? Yeah, my understanding is that when you have only one party, candidates only from one party running in a primary um, with no opposing party opposition, then the election opens up and it basically is like a general election where anybody from either party can run. And for some strange reason, if you have a writing candidate, just one, it's all it takes, then it closes it to having a primary for... To the general uh, election. Yes, yes. But, but, you, get, but you get a... It, it locks out, basically, the other side. Right? Yeah, so if... if, if- if all Democrats run for uh, House 24, there's no Republicans, there's no write-ins, there's no third-party candidates, everybody gets to vote in the general and primary election. Everybody yeah. gets to yeah, vote. that makes sense. Well, one write-in, well, now it closes it, and so the general and will have a blank line and yeah. one name. Yeah, which is silly because it's a write-in. <laughs> there's nobody actually listed on the ballot. But whatever, it's it's this it's the it's the rules. So a gentleman by the name of Robert Foxy Fox, Foxy, he says he was duped by one of the candidates, and their political action group got him to go to Tallahassee, and it's all in the paper. I mean, it's all here. Yeah, they did their research. They did their research. I, the only thing I'm I'm upset about this article, I'm, I'm upset by one thing. What was that? I missed an opportunity to use the word bamboozled. Ah, bamboozled. It's a fantastic word. You never see it in, in print. He was bamboozled into running because he thought he was being um, cultivated by the Republican Party. Mm, I'm sure he was. And who is uh, this this fine gentleman? And why was he picked out? That's what I'd like to know. Well, he's a uh, he's a private investor, bail bondsman, and um, I guess that's what he owns. I guess he's a uh, Foxy bail bonds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, okay. I just I just want to know why they targeted him because that's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. We need to get we need to hire a, a, a new staff person here. Okay. Uh, we need a corp. We need to incorporate another business. What's that? Um. TV shows. We just need to start writing for TV shows. This you can't make this stuff. This I'm telling you. I swear to God, my mother, my father, and sister's grave. We could we could write a TV show script for this thing, and you can hear the banjos playing. But well, you said sorry. I'm just telling you. You said bail bonds, and the first thing that came to mind was you can't make this stuff up. The 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 totality of the circumstance with all the people and all the characters involved and everything, it just being a classic uh, Southern story, it reminds me of that TV show. Ah, oh, man, it's been, it, it, was on, it was on for just a couple, maybe one or two seasons, about the uh, private security people someplace <laughs> in Georgia. Uh, small town security. We went there, do you yes, remember? Yes, because we didn't think it was real. Yeah, but we went there and it's yep, called small town small town security. You gotta look it up, folks. It might be on it might be on YouTube now. It it'll be somewhere. You'll it'll be, be somewhere. It. It's one of the greatest 
reality TV shows ever. It's anyways. Yeah. That, that's, that's, uh, that's what came to mind there. It just kind of fits. Um, yep. So this, this, this special election has really brought out all the characters, hasn't it? Well, I remember when this guy stone was able to get elected to the, the County commission yes. and he ran against a guy named Rocky and another guy named, uh, what was it? it was Rocky stone, Rocky. What was the other one? Gosh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Stone, and then you had um, Rocky Stacy, I believe. Yeah. Yep. But there was another one. And, yes. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. I think you had three different people with, with uh, geological names, let's say. You know, come to think of it, I think the guy's name was Stony Bearden. Yes. So you had, a, you had a Rocky, a Stony, a Stone, and we all used to laugh about it. You'll have a Pebbles, a Bam Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a Fred and a Barney running is pretty soon. Oh God, Stony! I wonder if Stony's still around out there. I don't know. I haven't heard of uh, any of these guys in quite a while. That's the point, folks. Some of the same old names, some of the same old pennies, just keep coming around and coming around. Yep, politics. Uh, all politics is local, and then politics starts in your backyard. And unfortunately, uh, your local politics, as much as a lot of us hate to engage in it because it is it can be childish and and silly at times it is usually the most important politics around since it is it is literally in your backyard and uh complementary to that uh pain and suffering that you go through in dealing with local politics <laughs> it is also the one that you can affect the most outcome in so yeah i would not i would not sleep on this i would i would definitely uh pay attention this is not a big one to get involved in or, or anything it's one whole race it's not an entire ticket you have to research just look at your choices and uh and make a decision yeah vote on uh do you, do you want to vote for nepotism you got a clear-cut candidate you want to vote for a candidate who uh touts their biggest accomplishment is uh, barbecue sauce and uh that they're a uh a, a Cuban immigrant or whatever you know I, I don't like people that always cite their immigrant status I just don't I can't stand that um well, what does it add to the situation? I mean, th this is the thing. This goes back to what you said a while ago now. Talk about issues that matter to your constituents. It's not about you. Nobody cares about you. Nope. Like, yeah. Okay, you're, you, you haven't been convicted of murder. Okay, that's a plus. But you don't need to tell everybody that. <laughs> you know, what kind of issues are important to, the to, to your constituents? And in this one, it's a really easy one. All you have to talk about is issues that matter mostly to seniors. Now there's a lot, it's uh, but it's a pretty pretty easy to understand thing thing there. And it, as far as I can tell, there's only one candidate that makes sense there, but that's going to be up to uh, the constituents to decide. So you can have somebody who's in rehab, who uh, his brother is a constitutional officer who hates him, pretty much. Oh, that's that's great. Can you believe that they wrote they wrote a letter and put it on Facebook? Don't vote for my brother. Yeah, that's real special. Yeah, that's real special. We did have it. We did. We did have a candidate uh, for sheriff who was convicted of something. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. What was it? Uh, his name? I don't know. It doesn't matter what his name was. But what was he convicted of? It was armed robbery. Armed robbery. That's yeah, and was. Jeb Bush uh, pardoned him, and then he, like so many Republicans do, they get God, and then what do they do? They uh, create a nonprofit and uh, collect. Charitable money. I'm sorry. I just, it's yeah, just, no, it's, just, it's, it's the same it's, it's thing a, it's over really and over and over. <laughs> it's an unfortunate pattern that once you see it, it's, it's pretty disturbing actually, because it plays on the, um, 
positive and 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 good nature of most people, and it's just gross. Yeah, I, I like I said, I want a guy who's busy who doesn't have the time for this BS. But but what I said I think is important. I mean, you know, it's it's not that the people who follow or or give money or or associate with these people are bad, and it's not even really that they're bad in general themselves. It's just that they've figured out that a key to success is to take advantage of people's lack of uh, skepticism of certain people. And, and unfortunately that's where a lot of the multi-level marketing stuff comes in. They <laughs> play on the same things that religion does. And often you find the two paired right together. And, yep. I, and I, you know, just, it is what it is. Well, do you, do you, did you ever tell you that uh, years ago when I was in Brandon, that church I attended years and years ago, yeah. the, the minister was the head of a, he and his wife basically used one of the largest churches in the state of Florida at the time for one nonstop multi-level marketing. It was either jewelry, gosh, it was everything, you know. Oh, one day it was Melaleuca. Everybody had run out and buy Melaleuca, um, and, then, and then it was some kind of a jewelry thing, and it was just always the same and stuff. I think you looked him up. I don't know if he's alive or dead, but if I recall, he retired with a, a an eight-figure net worth. Um, I believe his net worth as a Baptist minister, praise Lord, is like $30, $40 million. Yep. Be healed. I don't, I, I'm sorry. Folks, we can do better. <laughs> like I said, it's it's not that the people who follow these people have any are wrong or no. misguided. It's just that unfortunately you're playing on people's good nature, and that to me is the one of the more disgusting uh, one of the more disgusting things a, a human being can do. Well, I think we've beat this horse enough. I think everybody knows what to do. Go online to the Ocala Gazette. You can get there at ocalagazette.com. You can read some of the bios of these people. I think you just do a little bit of googly search and uh, kind of get a handle for it. Don't be suckered by the, uh, the the sucker smile. And, you know, just because somebody is, you know, nepotism, dead. God, stop it. Just stop it. Do we need any more Bushes and Clintons and Bidens and Trumps in office? I don't think so. How about some people that actually did some things in life? So, and and as far as Trump goes, you know he was a he was a political Klingon forever. He was involved in what the Independent Party, the Democratic Party became a Republican. I mean, uh, he was around the block. And Biden, Biden was elected to the U.S. Senate. He was too long, too young to take office. They had to wait before they could swear the guy in. The guy's <laughs> yep. been around since dirt. Yes, he's been around since dirt was new. That's for sure. Oh, we can do better, folks. Buddy, anything else? I think that's it. I think uh, we've kind of, like you said, uh, beaten this horse. It's uh, is what it is. Research and have an effect in your local backyard. That's the biggest impact you can have on politics is not uh, screeching at the TV or getting mad and yelling at the balloon floating over you. It's paying attention to who your local candidates are and making sure the better ones filter on the way up. Make a good decision this time, folks. The last guy was a clown. We don't need another one in there. <laughs>